Hi again, everyone. Welcome to episode 108 of the Radio MVP Sports Podcast. I'm Tim, along with Anthony, and it is a celebration week. Yes. The Reds, up the Reds, baby, as they bring home the Premier League Championship, uh, thanks to a Man City loss earlier in the week. And uh, mm-hmm. let's just put it this way. All my friends who uh, support uh, Liverpool down at Westside Bull has had a blast this week on Twitter and Facebook. Just everything. And I'm, I'm so fortunate because, like I said, I've only followed them for two years. And uh, I haven't mm-hmm. suffered like they, like some of them for 20, 30 years have, since yeah. the last championship, like, like Peter or – uh, even like Jim, you know, Viking Jim, who we've had mm-hmm. on the podcast yes. a few different times. Oh, uh, he's been yes. like 13 years following. He's had a lot stuff. of heartbreak. Yes. You know, hey, two years, I got a European championship in, 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 the, uh, in the Premier League championship. I'm, I'm just good luck. That's all there is to it. Can I uh, start a petition to change Viking Jim's nickname from Viking Jim to Liverpool Jim? I mean, you want to be known with a champion. And not constant heartbreak, right? I think you would. I think you would go with champion, 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 Jim, <laughs> Liverpool, Jim, uh, lifting the trophy, Jim. Yes, <laughs> yes, anything. I'll have to run it by them. I have to ask them about that. Uh, I am known as Viking the, Jim for a very long time. I'm starting the petition. <laughs> we'll I'm have starting. To get, I, we'll have to get him on here in the next week. Oh yes, yes. Uh, I'm sure I'll have he to is fired oh, yeah. up and. Oh, yeah. And uh, speaking of uh, Liverpool and some of their supporters, I want to throw a shout out to uh, Tom Reed, who uh, has landed a new position this week uh, with DK Sports, I believe, Pittsburgh Sports, uh, a a new website out of Pittsburgh. And uh, heartbreaking news on us, a uh, Northeast Ohio fan and a Tom Reed fan who I've read for the last 20, 25 years. One of the best writers in the area. Uh, not to have him cover Cleveland and Ohio State or uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets is it's kind of kind, yeah. of kind of weird to see him actually covering the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins and the Steelers yeah. and maybe even the Pirates. Who knows exactly what will transpire there? But yeah, check it out, uh, DK Pittsburgh Sports. And uh, Tom Reed, so uh, congratulations to him. I knew he would not be on the unemployment line or the free agency line very long. Uh, one of the best writers, uh, really, in sports. Period. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be different, but that's a nice step for him. And to, nicely, he wasn't uh, unemployed very long, and uh, you get the feeling this is probably a bridge to something bigger. Who knows? He might fall in love with it over there. It's a great city. It's a great sports town. But a nice to see him get back on his feet. Yeah. So, you know, we'll uh, we'll celebrate here with uh, a little more Reds. And uh, uh, you'll never walk alone. Let's play it right now, baby. It's <laughs> Anfield's turn now to sing football's most famous anthem.
I love that song. I absolutely love that song. And it's going to be great to hear that crowd once again, be able to sing it live someday from Anfield. It's just, it's going to make me a happy man. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the first time uh, the all these orders are lifted all across the world and Liverpool can rightfully have their parade or their celebration? That is going to be one, one just off the hook uh, celebration. And it's yeah. just going to be absolutely nuts. My understanding, it was a heck of a celebration anyways that night. I bet it was. In Liverpool. I've seen some, I of, bet the, it was. Uh, some of the highlights. Uh, but, yeah, it's weird uh, what's going on in the world of sports and in the world in general mm-hmm. with COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of empty stadiums, mm-hmm. empty arenas, empty ball fields, and we have uh, games going on, and then we have the, the fake crowd noise. Yeah, um, not a big fan of it, but I get it. You gotta, I guess, trying to make you gotta some liven it up somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's different. Uh, it's not, you know, it just feels weird to hear it in opinion. But uh, yeah, it's. Just, I understand why they don't want silence neither. No, no, you don't. But it's just, uh, it's very different. Um, watching, I was, I was watching the golf tournament a little bit Saturday in the hotel room, and it's. Uh, I tell you what, though, if I'm a player, I'm kind of enjoying this. You can just focus on the golf. You don't have – and I'm not saying they don't focus on it. But you still got to have the interactions with the fans, the autographs and all this. You can strictly just focus on golf, and I think that's why we're seeing a lot of low rounds out yeah, it's almost like an exhibition game, but it's yes, not. Yes, it is. You know? it it's is, like yeah. you're saying, you can concentrate on what they want to do on their shot. All the pressure's off, basically. Yeah, you know? it really is. And it's, it's a di- different atmosphere. There's no question about it. It's odd, the whole scenario is going on. Uh, I think, uh, and I don't know what, what your thoughts are, but I think golf, to me, Tim, without spectators, is probably, it doesn't look as weird as it does with other sports. Because you're used to just the player in the hole. Right. You know? I think to me, uh, watching golf, now it's a little weird, but to, uh, you really don't – you know, if you're sitting there watching a baseball game or a football game or a basketball game, there's nobody there. It's like, boy, this is kind of odd. But with golf, I just don't get that feeling. Yeah. The other thing you miss in golf is the crowd noise in the background yeah. on a major shot a hole or two away. Uh, when someone puts one two feet away from yeah. the top mm-hmm. on a par three and mm-hmm. the crowd just roars and, you know, you hear that in the background, you knew something great happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't hear that. So that makes I, it kind of odd. You know, that was always exciting because then you knew uh, Jim Nance was cutting to that yes. replay immediately. I, I do miss – I'm a Phil Mickelson fan, so I do miss the uh, Phil one-liner when he – you know, he always interacts with the crowd and – in such a neat way, and uh, I actually saw a video clip from a tournament last year, and Phil's on the fairway, and I just he just goes up, hits a four iron. Nothing special to him. And as Phil is finishing his backswing, a spectator goes, "Oh boy, would you look at that!" And Phil pauses, looks at the ball, turns around, and goes, "It's a bleeping four iron, man." And it was just so funny in Phil's, you know, like 
passive aggressive tone. It's a bleeping four iron, man. Yeah, if I hit my four iron like that, Phil, I'd be loving it. But I did actually do that Saturday, Tim. I hit a four iron nicely, and my cousin goes, "Nice shot." And I turn to my cousin, and I go, "It's a four iron, man." Yeah, it's just a four. <laughs> you know, I don't hit it two hundred like Phil does, but hey. Hey, as long as you hit it straight, right? Yeah, yeah. And if you got a little loft to it, that's even better. That's right. <laughs> With that's a four right. iron, it's difficult to do. <laughs> that's right. It's uh, as I like to say, golf is a, is a results game. It doesn't matter how you get there. All it takes is one shot to make you want to come back the next game. You aren't kidding. You are not kidding, Tim. You are not kidding at all. It's funny how that game does it. Yeah. You could have, you could be spraying the ball off the tee, hitting line drives or worm burners across the ground, and you could be doing that for 15, 16 holes. And if you hit one nice shot to end the round, it's like. Exactly. It just keeps bringing you back. Yep. That's that is the game of golf. There's no question about that. Yes, you know, we're going to have a uh, a guest on a little later. We're going to have yes. Zachary Martin, who is a North Melbourne Root fan mm-hmm. and also, by the way, a Northeast Ohio football and baseball fan. He's a you can follow him on Twitter at Downtown Brown and actually I think it's now called Cleveland Root. The Cleveland okay. Root. Anyways, I uh, met him on Twitter. Over the last year, uh, probably because of uh, the, the football stuff that I talk, and I'm talking about yep. American football, and with the Cleveland Browns and other things. Mm-hmm. And he happened to tweet out that he found the game of Australian rules football. As is, I reached out to him saying, I'm a footy fan. Da, 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 well, you want to come mm-hmm. on? And he talked about, uh, I don't want to give the whole thing away, but how yeah. he became a uh, North Melbourne Roo fan. Uh, so he's a kangaroo, and I wish him well with his team. I'm sticking here with my magpies and uh, for better or for worse or for ethical and unethical use of the front office. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's just. (laughs) So you said he's a Northeast Ohio sports fan. Is that correct? That is correct. Uh, Is he a a fan of the most important football team in Northeast Ohio? He is a graduate of the Penguin City. Yes, he is. is. Yes, he ah, is. That, that's what I like to hear. That <laughs> is what I like to hear. That is awesome. Yes, we're going to have him on during the, our football season, too, to talk uh, some Penguins football this season. There's no question about that. Well, that is uh, that makes me excited. As I got my knock on wood, season ticket renewal forms in the mail today. That's the only piece of mail you like coming home to. Yeah. Um, and they lower ticket prices this no kidding. Yes. Yes, they did. How much are they? Not by much, but instead of one twenty instead of one thirty, it's uh one twenty five. Hey. Hey, but you know what? It's five dollars less than last year. Not that five dollars is a lot, but if There's you have no, enough over the question is, was there a, a renewal fee this year? Yes, there was. Yes, there was. <laughs> what instead in of, God's uh, creation is a renewal instead fee? Instead of seventeen dollars, it's only ten dollars this year. So you saved 12 bucks this year. Hey, how about All that? Right. That's too bad. I know, right? I still don't understand the thought process of a renewal fee. That I, still Tim, blows my mind away. If I could go back to last year and find our podcast when I got the same point for last season and I opened it on air, much to my surprise, there was a $17 renewal fee. I think I lost it. 
<laughs> yeah, but, that was interesting to say the least. Hey, we will. Uh, I will write my check and I will send it down to the university. It'll be in the mail tomorrow morning, and hopefully there will be fans this year. But nonetheless, yeah. tickets went down. So that's the only thing you like to get in the mail. Everything else. Yeah, you know, everything else is, is something it's, it's not necessary, yeah, a fun thing to open. Exactly. You know, speaking of uh, having fans in the, mm-hmm. in the stadium or watching a game, I was talking a little bit earlier about Australian rules football. And yes. COVID has uh, shown its ugly head again down in Australia, in Victoria area, which is the Melbourne uh, yes. city and other parts of uh, mm-hmm. Victoria. And I was reading today, they are shutting down uh, different postcodes uh, of uh, that area. And it may become a full state shutdown. So it could be very uh, precarious as a, uh, an, a footy fan here yeah. to see what happens, how they're planning to go out. I know they rearranged the fixture, which is the schedule. Uh, for the next two weeks, they're kind of going week by week. They put out the first five weeks, and now they've uh, put out two more weeks, but now they've redone it again. So I wish them the best. It's going to be bad. And that brings me to our favorite subject here. Oh, the, here we go. <laughs> of the year, uh, Major League Baseball. Oh, my God. What a disaster. I don't think they could do worse than they did trying to put baseball back together this year after the no. stoppage in March. And then – you had, uh, Say that again, Tim. I don't think March. you can do – Yeah, you can't do any worse than what you did when the games stopped the week before the beginning of the season in March. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know what to say anymore, Tim. I, I, you said it all right there, and you didn't even, you know, say it. It's They had since March, and this – is the best that we got? It's terrible. Not only is it only 60 games. All right, the universal DH, I like that idea. I have no problem That's with fine. that. That's fine. That's fine. That was fine. coming to baseball no matter what in the future. And that and the designated hitter needed to be in both leagues. I, I like the expanded rosters. I'm okay with that. And they screwed that up. Yes, they're they doing, did, of course. Uh, yeah, only 30 players. Yeah. And then 30? they're going to go down to 28 and then 26, you know, Ooh, within the first one month. Man. You added one man. Great. Cool. Even, I, I mean, more, yeah, even worse, Anthony, is that they decided to add the trading deadline this year to keep it on August 31st. They're going to play less than 30 games. One month. Yeah. yeah. They're going to play about 30 games if they play them all, which God knows they probably won't. And let's, they're going to try to have a trading deadline. Absolutely ridiculous is that. Let's, let's say, knock on wood again, Let's say baseball starts July 23rd like they are planning on doing right now. God knows if that's even the starting date they, they really want. I doubt if it's going to so, start. So say they start July 23rd and say July 23rd to August 31st, every team plays their allotted games, no interruptions due to COVID. Now that's a big if. I think every team gets an off day once if I'm if, – if you're going to play, what, 20 games? How many games are you gonna? How many games can be canceled because of weather? Well, yeah. And here's the thing. They right now the way it looks is 60 games in 66 days, if they can play every game. You know, here's the problem. You look at the hot spots right now in America for COVID. You're talking about Florida. You're Arizona. talking about Texas, Arizona, and California. 
All right. Three out of the four are the largest population states in America, in California, Texas, and Florida. Then you have New York, Connecticut, and New Jersey banding together, putting together what they're calling a self-isolation 14 days if you come in from one of those states. Yep. So how the hell is a baseball team going to get from Dallas, which is one of the hotspots of COVID right now, fly to New York and play? It's not going to happen. Or better yet, let's put it in more respect because that's in the West, but they'd be going to California, which is just as bad. Uh, But can you imagine the Tampa Bay Rays flying to New York to take on the Yankees or the Mets? Uh, And don't don't forget the Red Sox. Yeah, and the Red Sox, yeah. This, look. It's a disaster. As Since we have last talked, I've gotten a little more excited about baseball just because it's baseball, and, and I love the game, and I love my Indians. But... You've already seen two or three players from the Nationals opt out. Ian Desmond says, thanks, but no thanks. So 60 games in 66 days. So let's say from July 20, say the Indians open up July 24th. Tim, you're going to get 10, 15 games of Francisco Lindor, then he's gone. Well, let me ask you this. Let's just hypothetically say that, you know, there's trade offers for Lindor here at the end of the month. Yes. And mm-hmm. the end of August. Yep. That hypothetically, you play all these games, and whatever the case may be, you're going to get some offers. How are you going to get full value for him at that stage of the season with 30 games only being played, you're not- with COVID going everywhere, and no team willing to take on that type of salary? And how does that happen? Yeah. It's- if I was Frankie Lindor's agent, and I hope they've had this conversation, because the Indians have made a couple really yes. – Quality intriguing. offers. Yes. I, yeah, intriguing is a better word. I, intriguing, yeah. With everything going on now, mm-hmm. is there a possibility in your mind that the Indians may still offer something similar or a little bit better than what they did before to try to lock him up for the five years? And knowing that Lindor is, quite honestly, one of the more intelligent players out there who recognizes yes. value. Yes. He also wanted to go to the free agency, but with everything happening, realizes that the value of players may not be there in 2021. Plus, you have the lockout possibly coming in 2021. If I sign an extension this offseason with the Indians, I'm just going to throw out a number because we don't know what was negotiated and what would happen. Let's say around $25 million a year. And, and that might be yeah. low, but you know, $25, 28000000 million in that mm-hmm. range. A five-year deal. If I'm Lindor's team, meaning his agent, his family, his security going forward, I think I have to sign that deal. Even if it's a short-term deal, like a LeBron deal, like only three years. I would say this, Tim. Five years, because we already know from a WKYC article uh, Friday uh, that Chris Antonetti said that Dini's are going to be hurt majorly by this financially. Right. We all know that. You already pointed out every team, every all 30 teams are going to be hit hard by this, some harder than others. But you bring up a really interesting and thought provoking uh, statement there, Tim. And it's and it's not far fetched because, like you mentioned, Francisco Lindor, yes, he's always made mention that he wanted to test the free agent market. But on the other hand, he's also very smart. Family-wise and financial-wise. And he's also made 
mentioned numerous times, numerous years, how he loves the city of Cleveland. He loves the franchise. And you're right. What team out there is going to offer him the seven, eight, nine, ten? Those deals are done for at least half a decade, Tim. The Yankees, the Angels. The Dodgers? The Dodgers, maybe. But the they Dodgers have never done that. Exactly. And the Dodgers have never done that. I mean, if they were going to do it, that would be the type of player to do it on. However, you have Bellinger. Do you really need yep. him? So let's say this then. Say you're the Indians. The Red and, Sox. That's about it. And Boston wants to trim pay because they can't afford uh, Martinez and uh, Bogarts. Right. So say you're the Indians and you go to Frankie Lindor and his agent. Five years. Because I don't think he's going to take anything two or three years. Five years with a two-year player option. 20, 25, 25 and a half, 26. That puts him at... You're looking you about know, 130, he, 130 million Yeah, 130 million, yeah. I mean, over um, five years. Here's the thing. The only way I think it may happen is let's say you get a five-year deal where he can opt out after two. Now... That's yeah. maybe not the best scenario for the Cleveland Indians, but it also give you Franklin Lindor for two more seasons. Yes. And the potential of hopefully winning a world series with him. And then if you do get that far, a lot of the revenue scenarios will change. Yes. So it's a gamble either way. I think if I was the Indians and I would try to hold out for a, uh, a three year before the opt out, but, if it's, it has to be a two-year in an opt-out, I would do it, uh, even at close to 30 mil a year, just to uh, give yourself that opportunity. I don't Say, think I don't think the Dolans will ever do that. No. And I don't believe – Lindor will know, do that either. Yeah, I just don't expect – I think Lindor may under the circumstances because – I'll say this. $60 million is still $60 million. Yes, I'll say this. Lindor's probably going to – if he's not traded this year, which I'm the Indians, like you mentioned – I don't know if I'm trading him August 31st. I just don't know. Because how do you trade him if, say, you're in first place by two games, three games? I just don't know how you do that. Well, so let, I'll me, even, let, me, let me put another yeah, angle yeah. on this. Uh, take away what may scenarios you have this season. Okay. This is a sprint, and it's not a yeah. full season. So it's totally different yes. than any other year that you would be okay. playing base. The key for Lindor is – what, how do you move forward? And how do the Indians move forward from here? And that's where we're at. Because I don't think you can trade him, to be quite honest with you. Uh, if you did no, trade, no, you well, if you did trade Lindor, you got to ask yourself a legitimate question. Do you think the Indians could draw 10,000 each night without Lindor? No. That's no. the problem. With Lindor, they're probably at 20,000 a night, minimum. Without them, they're probably going to lose 50% of their gain. And every dollar brought in on that gate going forward next season yes. will be three times as important as it has been in the past. So do you, I don't think the Indians are in the scenario where they could trade Lindor today. I agree with that. And now if the offer is outrageous in December, then, then, then yes, it. meaning Let the me off season, but chances are if you're going to trade him, and just because of the scenario that baseball's in right now, and you may never get full value for Lindor, yeah, but it might yeah. not be until next August when you have the the trading deadline. Let me throw this at you. And I don't think this is going to happen before I throw this at you. 
do you think the Indians walk with Lindor until his contract expires? Thinking partially what you said, the field of teams that are able to sign Francisco Lindor have shrunk. So has the dollar amount. Do you think they feel like they can walk expires current contract he's under and then in a year or year and a half renegotiate and maybe win him in a bidding I won't say a bidding war but win him against like the Dodgers who have never really spent this kind of money I would say no simply because I don't think so either historically speaking no athlete chooses to stay in Cleveland for their big contract and You're that's right. just the way it goes. You're right. So if you sign him now to an extension, even if it's a two-year with or five-year with a two-year opt-out, that's better than zero. And that may yeah. happen, and that will benefit both Lindor and the Indians. Lindor will be only 28 years old when that contract expires. So, I mean, he'll still be young enough where he can cash in. We'll have to wait and see. It's 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 a tough scenario. With yeah, it's it definitely is a tough scenario, and uh, you'd brought up a really nice point there. That, like you said, if you're going to trade Frankie Lindor, it's probably not going to be this year. Uh, not it unless won't your be during the regular is, season. If no, it happens, no. it'll be in the off season or the next trading deadline. It'll be the winter meetings. Yes, winter meetings slash the next trading deadline in the end of July of 2021. We'll have to wait and see how it all plays out. But yeah, it doesn't look good. I will say this. One thing we didn't mention is I cannot stand to is the extra inning rule. Oh, God. Putting oh. a runner at second base to start each inning. Uh, I think I'm playing Little League Baseball again or high school baseball. It's, it, I know they did it during the, the World Baseball Classic and all that BS. but And they did it in the minor leagues too, but yes. still. Yeah, it's, 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 it's total horseshit is what it is. It's totally horseshit. I'll tell you what. That – itself makes me as a fan want to opt out on the season. Tim, when that rule came into uh, play last year, a couple years ago with the, you know, they tested in, I believe the Atlantic league and the world baseball classic, all of this. Look, if you want to do that in the world baseball classic, if you want to do that in the Olympics, the minor leagues. Okay. In the major league game, it makes you sick. Yeah, it does. Because all since March till now, all they their whole general consensus was we still want to play baseball around the framework that it was intended and meant to be played. And this is not baseball, Tim. Tim, there are little league games going on five miles down the road in Canfield here, and they're not putting a runner at second base. There are games going on at the Field of Dreams and Scene Park in the Class B tournament. They're not putting a runner at second base. But yet, the major leagues are going to decide games like this? Yeah, it's disgusting. disgusting. I, I I, mean, it's you know what then, Tim? If you're going to put a runner at second base, then start the inning with one out. It only makes sense because it, here's the thing. They want runs scored. They think this is going to make the game go faster. and uh, Enough, enough. It's it's just bad rules. It's bad asinine. Yes, and it's it's bad for the sport. And uh, Rod Manford is is bad for baseball, but uh, He's terrible for baseball. Yeah, that's what the owners wanted, though. Yeah, you know, yep. this is you're right. This it's, is on the owners. Yes, it is. Rod yes, Manford is. works with the owners, and that's the bottom line. All right, 
next thing on the agenda real quickly is the NFL and football in general. Yeah. And being in Northeast Ohio, the Hall of Fame is right down the road in Canton. Mm -hmm. And this week they have officially canceled the Hall of Fame game because of COVID. Tim, as fans of, as fans of neither the Steelers or the Cowboys, I don't think you and I really care too much about it besides, Hey, it would be cool to watch football the first week of August. Um, I know if I were, if this were last year and uh, the Broncos are playing and I take us to it, I'd be bummed, but it's, eh, it's going to suck not to see uh, the hall of fame induction ceremony. But besides that, if I'm a player of the Steelers or Cowboys, I'm like, thank God. Well, honestly. Yes. Well, here's the thing. You couldn't have fans there. To- no, we know that. And that's the whole point. And yes. you go to the next level though. How do you have training? still looking as we talked about last week over 100 maybe 150 to pull off a train and that's going beyond just the players which is around 75 to 8 you got coaching staff you got support staff you have the team organization I, you're playing a game of contact we've already seen multiple players who have been tested and confirmed infections with covid yep you know, as we keep going down this road here and knowing how bad the United States has ruined their response to this, it's a joke. We're the worst in the world. Yeah. I don't know how we're going to, even though baseball had the plan to come back, even though the NBA has their plan, and God forbid, it's at Disneyland or Disney World in Florida. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I just don't know how we're going to pull any of this off. It is going to be so difficult. And then you fly it down to the high school and the collegiate level. I Again, I honestly do not know. If, if Dr. Fauci, what he said today becomes true, there's no way. As much as I love sports, we're playing. If we come up with $100,000, or excuse me, 100,000 infections a day in this country going forward, and he said that's possible within the next month. There's no way we're playing football. There's no way we're playing baseball. There's no way we're playing NBA basketball. And this entire year will be washed out. And I know the NFL will do everything possible to play because they're a juggernaut. But I honestly wonder if it's even possible. Yeah, it definitely makes you, uh, you know, but we've been sitting here for a couple months now saying it, you really don't know. And now there's talk of, Thursday, the state of Ohio is going to mandate mask in public. Um, Good. Um, golf's fine. NASCAR's fine. Tennis is fine. But like you said. Tennis ain't fine because they had that big outbreak break in Europe. This is a physical yeah. contact sport. I, I yeah, just I know. don't know. Yeah, I have no idea, Tim. It's, it is going to be really difficult. And the more that I sit here and think about it, and, and I've really tried to stop. And I said this last week, I've always tried to stop reading the news and watching all this stuff um, because it just gets, it gets depressing. You know, it, it really does get depressing. Let's just say this, Tim. I think um, I'm going to have a lot of time from now until December to play a lot of golf. All I'm going to say is uh, if you're up late at night or early in the morning, there's going to be footy on. Yeah. I saw yeah, that on my, ESPN two last week. Yeah, yeah. ESPN now has I it. I saw that on ESPN. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, maybe I'll make a footy fan out of you yet. I uh, 
I will admit that I do watch the uh, KBO every morning uh, when I'm getting ready for work. I do watch that. You know, there's the frustrating part. Um, you know, you it's got, just nice to see some baseball. Well, not even that. I was I was listening to uh, Baseball Tonight, the podcast, this, and they mentioned that the KBO is looking to add fans to the game in the next week or two in certain sites. Yeah, this week, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And I look at Europe – and you see Germany playing soccer. You see England playing soccer. And then I see the United States response. And I see some of the greatest athletes on the sideline. And I don't yeah. know how. Look, our football season is just a few weeks away. And we're talking about 15, 16, 17-year-old boys playing the game of football. As much as I love covering it, as much as I love you know, talking yeah. about it, and I just don't know how it's going to happen. I'm, I, I honestly, if the mask, as you mentioned, may go in effect here in a week here in Ohio. Yes. How do you practice with a mask on? You can. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying maybe you can, maybe you can't. I don't know. I know the NBA, the NFL has been looking into it, but high school. I said last week, Tim, we're not going to have a. I. Tim, the way this is going, I don't think high school football is going back this year. No, nah, I've been saying that I, since March. I've been concerned. And on June 30th, I'm very concerned because a lot of teams, you know, start. Camp starts in less than a month. Yeah, yeah. And I just don't know how they do it. I honestly don't. I, I want the best. I want us all to have the things we love. But more important, I want the person that you care about in your life around us. Or... You know, I yeah. don't want to see anyone get ill. And right now, the the twenty to forty nine year olds are the ones who are coming down with this disease. So it's frustrating. Yeah. I hate I hate being on a downer note, but this is the reality we're dealing with in sports and uh, in the world. Period. And like I said, you got Florida, you got Texas, and you got California, the three largest populous states in America, and they're all going through this. And they and two of them decided to jump the gun on opening and, and prove to the world how brave they are and had beaches open. Yeah. Uh, you know, all I can say is it's going to be a very long year. And until we have real leadership again in this country, which won't happen until January 20 of 2021. And I don't care if you love me or hate me, but Joe Biden taking the oath of office will be the greatest yeah. thing that can happen to this country. I don't give a fuck. If you don't want to listen to us no more, I don't care. I'm just telling the truth. <laughs> I just, I, I, with everything that's going on in this country and all the reports that are coming out right now, there's only one place to put this blame on. And there's only one place we look for leadership and it doesn't come. We are in this situation because of one idiot. We didn't have to be here. We did not have to be. If you had any idea what you wanted to do and how to proceed, we could be these countries that have had the lower numbers and had had return of some normalcy and we don't have and we're not going to get it it's going to get more chaotic and Tim, look. i'm i'm just i'm frustrated and i'm pissed off about it because i'm a baseball fan i'm a football fan i'm a basketball fan i love footy i love hockey i love it all i love covering it all and it doesn't mean beans when you're talking about someone who can get sick and someone who can die and Tim, that's what it's all about let me uh piggyback off your thoughts uh, I'll somehow try to tie sports into this, but it's mainly going to be non-athletic based. I am so sick and tired of hearing the, 
well, I believe this is a hoax. I don't believe it's that serious. I talked to, you know, Dr. So-and-so or this doctor and, and they're not that concerned. Well, that's fine. And that's all fine and good. And I respect your shit opinion. But the truth of the matter is, this is real. This is happening. And, and it really hit me Friday, Tim, uh, when we had the service. And you can't hug or shake hands with people, with loved ones, and cry together. And that's, that's weird. You know, because in a time uh, of sorrow and mourning, uh, you want to extend your hand and say, thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being there for us. And you can't. Um, and I sat there in the second pew on Friday, and I looked at the altar, and this whole thing isn't a hoax. It's not going to go away next month or in two months. It may not go away in a year. It's here, and it's claiming people's lives, and it's claiming loved ones. Friday, I sat there, and it's, it's like you really don't care if sports come back because you see that, and it's like if, if that person on there had very limited physical contact with an affected person and it still claimed their life, how are we going to have sports being a yard apart, you know, hitting every single play? You know, that's not one or two plays. That's hundreds of plays in a game. You know how? You can't. You can't. And I know we all want sports back. I want it back. You want it back. But the truth of the matter is once these states reopened, and look, yes, you have to get the economy back on track. You have to. Because we can't follow this up with the Great Depression Part 2. We can't do it. And I know that. But, like you said, masks should be mandatory all across the country. I don't care where you're going. I don't care who you're interacting with. Look, I went to AT&T today, and, the, and they're wearing masks in there. And the guy's like, you know what? My life hasn't changed. He said, it's not an inconvenience. He said, if anything, I'm protecting myself and my family and you. And That's you know exactly what? exactly it. Yeah. And look, let's, we are a country that has zero patience. And self-admittedly, I have zero patience. We all lack patience. But in this right now, you have to have. You have to. This thing is not a farce. It's not a hoax. It is not. It's not a flu. It's not the a bad flu. I'm tired of hearing that. It's not. And we don't know five, six years down the line what health effects that a recovered person is going to have from this. Is it they get it and they're recovering, they're fine? Or is it they get it, they recover, but five, six years down the line, they're having problems again? We don't that's, know. Yeah. The unknown is scary. the biggest scary thing. Exactly. Yes. The unknown is the biggest scary thing. I don't disagree with you. And, uh, you know, Hey, this podcast, for those who may be the first time listening, is always a conversation. And that's what I like. Yes. We don't script any of this. We never have no. and never will. Wherever it takes us is where we go. And that's what makes it interesting in my mind. And uh, when we talk sports, it's fun. Uh, when yeah. we talk life, it's because that's what we're dealing with and what we're all yeah. dealing with. Uh, I hope you come back. And uh, you can rate us and review us on any platform that does that. Uh, from iTunes to Spotify to whatever, you can download this podcast, including our website, RadioMVP.com. However, on a brighter note, we're going to let's, let's yeah. bring in Zachary Martin. 
the Cleveland Rue on Twitter as uh, we talk footy, he, he and I, as uh, this was a great conversation we had. Uh, a lot of fun going back and forth and learning about uh, Zach. And uh, take a listen to this. As promised, we're now going to hook up with Zachary Martin, who is uh, a footy fan that has just come aboard. Uh, he's also a huge Cleveland fan, and we're going to talk about all that. But let me uh, first introduce and welcome uh, Zach to the podcast. Hey, Tim. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks for inviting me on. Excited to talk about some, uh, some footy. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, so let's get a little background. Obviously, uh, we found each other on Twitter. Uh, you are a, uh, a Cleveland fan and uh, have been on, on Twitter for a while. I was want to say Cleveland sports. Uh, yeah, Twitter, I've been on for a little bit. I um, for downtown sports with Warren do podcasts. I do articles for the Browns and I do podcasting for these on that side. But I created a personal account, I think like early last month or something like that. So I've been on, I've been on Twitter personally for a little bit. But other than that, I've been mostly doing like all the social stuff on the downtown Browns and Indians and stuff like that. So how did you get started with downtown Browns? Uh, it was actually last, well, I want to say about December. I forget where I was at. Some guy was, he started this website. They were doing uh, downtown Rams and they were talking about uh, bringing some guys on the right for them. And I wanted to get into sports writing because my dad used to do that for the record courier back in the late eighties, uh, early nineties. And I wanted to write. So I reached out to them. Uh, joined up with them, you know, covering the Rams because they didn't have anything for, you know, the Browns at the time. And then he was talking about January or February, they uh, decided that they're going to create a, a website. So they're going to do it multiple teams. So I said, well, that's great because, you know, I want to, you know, write about the Browns and the Indians. Being from, you know, I, uh, being from Warren, Ohio and graduating from Youngstown State, you know, I'm, you know, Northeast Ohio through and through. So it was kind of exciting to be able to jump on and uh, cover the Browns. So I've been doing that since about April. So I've been writing articles and stuff like that. But I've been doing the Indians podcast for a while since like December and January. Okay. So I've been doing a lot of that. So you're originally from Warren. Talk about that. Uh, what year did you graduate? What school did you go to? Oh, well, the funny thing is I actually went to high school in Florida and California because my family moved around a lot. So I uh, graduated high school in 2010 uh, from Oak Ridge High in El Dorado Hills, which was uh, outside of Sacramento, California. But then I went to – Went to Hiram College for a couple of years because that's my dad's alma mater, and I got you know I got offered, I got accepted there, but then uh, transferred to Youngstown State and graduated with my bachelor's there in uh, the fall of 2014. But um, I have family back in Ohio and stuff like that, and I wanted to go back there for college, which a lot of people were telling me that I was crazy for leaving California to go back uh, back to Ohio. But man, I don't know. It's just for me, it's once you're once you live in Ohio and been from Ohio, you really just can't, you know, there's always something about Ohio. Especially Northeast Ohio. Exactly, yeah. You, just just the people and the culture. And it's if you're not from Northeast Ohio, you wouldn't really understand just how we are up there, especially in our little, little corner of Ohio. No, there's no question about it. Warren has a uh, special place for me. Is, uh, it was my second stop in my radio career. And I've been in and out of the Warren market for the last 25 years covering sports and that's why i said when you said warren ohio i said oh he's either a raider or he went to jfk <laughs> or possibly maybe a highland or something like that from that part of the area that's why i said i gotta find out more yeah unfortunately no i um never really went to school i think i went 
the last school I went to, I think it was like preschool or something like that back in Dayton, Ohio, when I was like, shoot, five or six, I think five. But yeah, other than that, never really went to school in Ohio, just from there and moved around too many times, but always went back every summer to see family. And I just, when I had the opportunity to go to college, I'm like, I have to go back up to Ohio. So I got accepted to Akron, Kent State, Youngstown, Hiram, Walsh University and stuff like that. But the, but, uh, the funny thing is my, um, my wife actually went to Howland and her dad once a Warren G. Harding. So we okay. do have a lot of those Warren Howland school connections. So small world, how that worked out to where uh, I met my wife and, you know, her family is all from there. They still live there actually too. So it's interesting. You got that nice little Warren connection. <laughs> and no so. doubt about it. Hey, mm-hmm. all right, let's get into the, to the footy stuff. Cause this uh, intrigues me. Let me give you a little backstory about myself. I'm 53 years old. I've been like I mentioned, in and out of radio for 25 years and doing a lot of different things, including high school sports and college. So I got to go back to when I was about 12, maybe 13 years old. And ESPN was a kind of a brand new network. And they were even 24 hours. They were like 12 hours a day, just starting to do day programming. And they used to have their sports center in the morning. And I used to have a late school start. I didn't have to be at school till like 830 in the morning. So I was the last to be picked up in my family uh, from the buses. So I used to watch ESPN in the morning, watch the sports center and all that. And well, while I was waiting for the bus to arrive, I had it on and it was uh, Bob Lee or one of the original sports guys goes, all right, you know, stay tuned for Australian rules football. And I'm like, okay, not knowing what it was thinking it was like our football. And then I see this sport where they're bouncing a football all over the field, kicking it and dribbling it like a basketball. And I'm like, my eyes just completely couldn't believe what I was watching. And uh, like most of my friends were doing the exact same thing, watching it and couldn't, you know, just shocked at this game and how crazy it was. So I was a footy fan, go back close to 40 years. And in America, Australian rules football or footy, has uh, has little peaks and valleys, more valleys than peaks in popularity over the years. And long story short, about three years ago, I uh, jumped on Fox Sports Ohio website because I decided to stream the Indians one day because I was outside and all this. And in the corner, there was a box that said uh, they had a, uh, a footy game coming on that night, and it was just streamed live online. And I says, oh, my God, I haven't seen this in years. So I used my Google cast and put it on my television and watched it and fell in love with the game all over again. As I remembered it throughout the last 25 years when I was, I always see it partly on ESPN or on other outlets over the years. And sure enough, then I found Mason Cox when I was doing my, uh, uh, the, the American who plays down there. And uh, then I was absolutely hooked again. And, uh, have been a, a huge fan, actually uh, reaching out to a few people down in Australia who uh, have come onto this podcast, talk uh, footy with me. So that's my background. I got to find out how you found it. I assume that you found it simply because of uh, some of the downtime we've had this year with the uh, with COVID-19 and all the non-sports going on. And there was an opportunity for sports to be filled in America. And sure enough, Australian rule football was on TV for a little bit this spring. Yeah, it was, it was actually pretty funny. I didn't even really know 
I, I kind of heard of it a, a long time ago by because I always see it on the, on the Bleacher Report app, but I'm like, I have no idea what this is, and like, I have no idea even how to watch it. So, like, I always kind of knew that Aussie Rules football existed, but I never had an opportunity to watch it because, like, like you said, it's never really been on TV. You never knew how to really find time to watch it, so I didn't really even think about it. I think it was before it was before week two, and it was actually – it was through Pat McAfee, which was pretty awesome because he's been yes. all over, yes, all he over Florida for the like. Even even like during like COVID, he was all over it too before he even came back. But like like I said, I was never really I was, like I've been on Twitter for a little bit, so he he's been on on since the whole springtime, and I didn't really catch on to him until probably about probably week one, week two, and I saw him you know talking about it. He showed the video of the um, North Melbourne player from the side just banana kicking in, into the goal. And he's like, he turned that some sideways. And I'm like, that is a nice kick. And I'm like, you know what? I got to look up this footy and see what it's about. And I, uh, so I, you know, looked up, see what it was about and, you know, watched a couple of videos. I'm like, holy crap. This is like, this is like football, basketball, hockey, a bunch of other sports all combined into one. I'm like, okay, it's fast paced. And, you know, I'm all about fast paced sports. I love, you know, love hockey. And I played lacrosse in college and high school. And just to see what they were doing, and I'm like, and it's not rugby. I mean, I have no problem with rugby, but for me, that game's a little just. It's too, it's a little too slow for my taste because it's just all backwards and sideways. But footy, I was like, okay. So I, um, this was before I even had my personal. I dro- I dropped it on on the downtown Browns Twitter, and I'm like, hey, you know, AFL, you got a team that you got a team that I could try possibly root for, and they're and they sub to it, and you know, they retweeted like, not really. We don't really know what team you could possibly go for. And all of a sudden, my phone blows up in the first, like, 12 minutes. And just everyone's like, oh, you got a Brock for this team. You got a Brock for this team and stuff like that. And I think it was probably like, the first, like, 12 hours. And my mentions just got massively blown up by a lot of fans from all these different teams. And thankfully, some people are telling me, like, yeah, say Brock or cheering. Don't say don't say root because it's a completely different thing down there. And I, you know, I just, you know, started watching more stuff. People were dropping videos and a bunch of other things like that. And I watching, getting more into it. And I, um, you know, I went and looked up a lot of teams' histories. I, went, I think I went through every single team, ring all their histories, you know, where they came from, all the players, you know, from so on and so forth. And it took me a good a day and a half, two days to pick a team because I wanted to make sure that I was going to pick a team that I was going to stick with forever. Because Australian fans even said, like, hey, once you pick a team, you don't really want to switch because it's kind of frowned upon it in is. Australia to you know switch teams. And I'm like, okay, I got to make sure that I'm picking a team. I'm picking, I'm making sure that I'm picking the right one because I don't want to just go pick a team and then like, oh, I don't like this team. Screw this, I'm gonna jump over. Like, no, I had to really take my time with it. And I think a lot of people appreciated that I took my time picking the team instead of like, oh, I like these teams' colors or I like their song or you know I like the logo and stuff like that. I mean. Yeah, I mean, I took those into accounts as well, but you also talk about, you know, team history, you know, what, what are they about, how their culture is, fans and stuff like that. And I just fell in love with the shinboner spirit of North Melbourne. You have the kangaroos, you know, kangas, roos, north, all that stuff. And I, you know, I'm like, all right, this is my team. I'm going to rock for North Melbourne. And all the North Melbourne fans have been really great. You know, they've, they've uh, accepted me in, into the, you know, the, with the fandom of that team. And it's just been a whirlwind experience. And I've, I'm extremely hooked onto the sport. Like I love baseball and I love the Indians, but man, 
I think for the fact that just how footy is, it's becoming like that, that sport that I can watch in the summer, and it fills that void of no NFL going on. So I'm just extremely hooked on footy. It is amazing. And, the, and I, was, I was actually up yesterday for that 3 o'clock central start time for the North Melbourne Hawthorne game. Everyone's like, how are you up at 3 in the morning? I'm like, <laughs> I can't get enough. I got I to gotta watch. I got to watch. It's just like I even stand up for last week's 11.45 start against Sydney. And I'm telling you, after that Hawthorne game, my heart was racing. I'm like, how am I going to go back to sleep? Because I have to go to, I have to be working like three hours. How am I going to go, how am I going to go back to sleep after, you know, they came back from like 31 down to lose by four. It's just funny. I forget who said it, but someone's like, once you watch one game, you're hooked. Like you're like, you're, that's all you're going to think about. It. You're going to love that sport. That's basically where I'm at. I'm hooked. I, I can't get enough of fun. Well, welcome. Welcome aboard. I've been hooked for many years to it, or a reintroduction, I should say, into the sport a few years back has been just it's been a blessing, really. It's been great. Now, as long as I've had this podcast, it's, it's about as long as I've been uh, back into footy. You know, I, it's funny because uh, I'm a Northeast Ohio guy. I've said this a lot of times to too many, and I say, you know, obviously that means I'm an Indians, Cavs, Browns fan. Uh, never really had a hockey team. Never disliked the Penguins from Pittsburgh but I could never root for a Pittsburgh team. So, you know, I, I had many yeah, right. friends that love, love the Penguins. And, and, and like I said, I never hated the Penguins because there was no rivalry, so it didn't bother me. Uh, when I moved down to Columbus yeah. for a while, uh, the Blue Jackets were, you know, just getting started. It was fun, but I, I just – I never got attached to them. Uh, as time went by, I found the uh, – because I'm a – you go back the last 10 years, I, I was one of those many people who got hooked on the game of poker. And uh, mm-hmm. through Twitter, I watched a lot of poker. And then, of course, uh, being Las Vegas, uh, you know, central, uh, all, when the Golden Knights came about, a lot of the, the, the poker players and that were all into that. And then I started following their feed, and their feed was just the best feed in the world. It was the Twitter feed. That, whoever ran at that the first year was, was just perfect for Twitter. There was no better watch and in, in, then how they handled it each and every game. And I fell in love with that team. So I became a night fan. Well, get back to the other thing is when about three years ago, like I said, I was looking for a team. I didn't know what to do. And uh, one of our guests here and friends of, of the podcast, uh, Gemma Bastiani, by the way, check out her podcast, play on radio. She does a preview and review of each week of all the games and tells you the players to watch for. And uh, she even tells you her tips, meaning uh, her, uh, her picks for the game. That's what they call them down in Australia tips. So you want to check that out. If you get a chance, uh, let me pass that on. Cause she gives great information. So I had her on being an Indians fan and a Browns fan and a Cavs fan. I was really, I says, I'm really, you know, I'm kind of, you know, I, I found Mason Cox and all that. And she was like that. And she was talking, we're talking back and forth. And I, and I follow another podcast called How Good's Footy. Well, they hate Collingwood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I listen to them, too. Oh, they're the best. I love <laughs> those biased. guys. It's, it's, it, it is. It, and it, they're too, it's biased. It's so it's biased. Perfect. It's so great, though. It's so great. It's perfect. It's so because great. it's all about being a fan. It's, not, it's, it's, it's not amazing, about yeah. giving you great information. It never was. It was about being a fan. I was like, I'm kind of, I was like, I told her, I says, I'm kind of worried about this. It's a, I says, the worst thing that happened to me is latch on to the New York Yankee of Australia rules football. Cause I could never live with myself. And then she kind of oh, talked yes. me, yeah, she, she kind of talked me off the ledge there. 
And she goes, no, no, you're all right. You can do that. You won't be fine. You'll be fine. But once you pick them, you got to stick with them, you know? And yeah, right, just exactly. like you were talking. And I says, all right, I says, I'll do it. And so I've been a Collinwoods fan for the last three years. Uh, and, and so forth. Matter of fact, I got my first merchandise the other day. I got a coffee cup. I got it from Australia. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> so there you go. I have my morning Joe with my, uh, with my magpie uh, coffee cup. So it's not bad. That's not too bad. Yeah, I actually, uh, I think I had like four teams at one point that I finalized down to. I think it was Collingwood, Essendon, Melbourne, and North Melbourne. And everyone's like, "Well, you really like Victorian teams, don't you?" I'm like, "I guess." I've like kind of no yeah, you had no idea about the geography mostly. exactly. Yeah, right. I'm like, I'm looking these teams up, and I'm like, I'm not, I wasn't like clicking a map and like, oh, well, where's all these teams? I mean, I, I knew North Melbourne and Melbourne in the same city, but I didn't know about Essendon and Collingwood and all that. And they're like, yeah, if you're only going for calling, well, that's fine with you. But it's like, no one really likes them. All their fans, it's just like, okay. And then um, Matt Green, he does a podcast, uh, Talking Hawks. He's a Hawthorne fan. He's like, why don't you look at Hawthorne a little bit closer? So, so he, he made a final push to get Hawthorne on. And I'm like, all right, I'll put him in my top four. But after that, I'm like, I'm, I want to go with North Melbourne. But, yeah, it's just that's, – that's the one thing I like about how good Spuddy is the fact they're like, yeah, we're biased and we're going to talk about it, but it's it's just entertaining to listen to and stuff like that. And I also listen to AFL Exchange North Talk podcast, which is right. mostly just centered around you know, North Melbourne. But yeah, oh. it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting just to see like all these different podcasts covering all these covering all the aspects of the teams. I even listen to Fox Footy in their uh, podcast as well. Yes, I do too. Teams, yeah, so. that's yeah, interesting it, to say the least. Too, if you ever looking for another podcast. They have a big feed. It's Triple M uh, from the radio stations okay. down there. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, I think, I think I heard them. I know um, AFL Obsessed. Been listening to a couple of those episodes. Uh, Yank on a footy as well. He, uh, you know, listened to a couple of those episodes. So it's just so great for technology and podcasts because why I do is just I drive all day for ten hours. So I have like a million podcasts to listen. I understand. To. So there's there's like there's there's like days I'm not I'm knocking out like six seven eight podcasts a day because it's helps pass the time. I, I totally understand. I drive for a car parts warehouse in the Youngstown area, and that's all I do is go deliver auto parts to mechanics. And sometimes okay. it's a 30-minute, 40-minute ride to that that shop. So that's what I do. I just listen to podcasts all day long. So what do you think of – what what do you think? What do you think of Mason Cox in um in his first game back after a while? I know everyone's like was worried about that. I thought he played well. I thought he played real well, and uh, it was good to see him back on the on the pitch and playing and or the oval, whatever you want to say. I've heard it both ways, but uh, it's yeah. good. I think you know he's such a a vibrant face of of the game right now, uh, internationally because of uh, being an American, and he's such a great follow on Twitter. He truly oh, yeah. understands. No, I like myself. He knows exactly what he's doing on Twitter, and it is it's <laughs> it's fantastic, and I love it. You know what? They have accepted him really well down there, and I love his comebacks when he first got started. You've been playing this game your entire life. I've been playing it for four years. Yeah, right. For him to be that <laughs> successful as an American, it's so great. And the fact that Pat McAfee is given the nickname of Coxzilla, and it's just like all over how great he is. It's just. It's so great. Like I, I watched an interview where they were talking to when they were talking to Mason. I'm like, unfortunately, he plays for Collingwood, but I'm still going to follow him on Twitter because this guy is actually kind of great to follow on. So I agree with you on that. But it's just it's just interesting to see how how good he is for just you know, not being you know all these milestone games and stuff like that. It's just crazy how good he is just for playing like you said three four years where these guys have been playing since 
like what local clubs because i've been like trying to follow the tree and it's like it's just crazy like all the, these territories have their own leagues and you know they, they move up as they go for the fact they play so much longer than you know mason did crazy to see how good he is for that short time he's been playing yeah it, it really has uh been an amazing ascent in the uh the AFL, the way he has played. And I reached out to him when I first started his podcast, when I found him, I said, ah, I gotta, I gotta try. Didn't get a response, but you know, Hey, it was worth a shot. Pat McAfee, as you brought him up. Yeah. He found it because of the COVID and, and the downtime. And of course, being a punter himself, it had it caught his eye and how the game is played on when you look at the American game. And, but what's interesting is there's been, former AFL type players who've played in the NFL as punters, you know? So, yeah. I, I found it yeah. I re- did, really did find it interesting in the fact that they have all these guys who came from Australia to play the NFL and stuff like that. And it's, it's interesting to see like how you can almost adjust to either one of the sports. If you want to be a punter in the NFL or even to go down there and play there too. I know the game is completely different, but it's an interesting aspect to see how the AFL flows for, for the most part, I guess. I mean, but it's interesting though, and I'm. I knew Pat. I knew Pat McAfee was gonna love it because it's like you know him being a punter and seeing how they kick. Right. He's like, well, there you go, <laughs> my sport right here because they're, they're, they really love the punters. <laughs> yeah, so great. It, it's interesting get get a hold of the the lingo down there and uh, listening to the games uh, and watching them. And uh, it took me a while to figure out some of the terminologies of the, of the game and what, what I was looking for, but you, you'll hear a lot about the mark and the disposal and stuff like that. And uh, it's, it's, like I said, it's an interesting game. Let's get back to your Melbourne team uh, or North Melbourne. Let me uh, give them the proper credit that they deserve here. Uh, the yeah, Bruce, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, two heartbreaking weeks in a row for them. Uh, yeah. It's just been, you know, they slow. Like, they have a great first quarter. You know, they start hot. They do really well. And then it's like the second quarter, it's just they fade off really early on. They give up really early goals in the first part of that quarter. You know, they try to get back into it and somewhere in the middle. And then towards the end, they finally pick it back up and, then, you know, make it close. And then for some reason, the third quarter starts coming out of the half and they you know, have a slower start. And then you're getting to, like, the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter and now they're in a massive hole and they're trying to make it comeback you know it, for Cindy that was just the Cindy game was rough because of that but then you know the game against Hawthorne they got no points in the third quarter and I'm like okay this isn't good no points you know Hawthorne gets two goals in the process and I'm like okay they really need to kick it on in the fourth quarter you know they're down by 31 getting to 10 minutes left and I'm thinking to myself I can't believe that I'm witnessing the roots just get absolutely just smacked it's just it's crazy I'm like what happened to the team that played you know GSW the Giants like not even two right. weeks ago and they they, put, they were putting it on them and then all of a sudden it just clicked and they you know they started getting like five or six goals in a row I'm like okay at least they didn't like lay over and die like some other teams might do you know Adelaide Crows or <laughs> Fremantle those teams who just you know just get absolutely just stomped on so at least it was nice to see the shin butter spirit of the Roos like come like they didn't die at least it came back and made it interesting I I honestly thought they were actually going to pull the game out. They're going to do a, a classic Ruse comebacker. Okay, they're down by 31 points, 40 points, and they come back and win or tie it. So, but yeah, it was the last couple minutes where they were within six points, and it was uh, Curtis Taylor. Just if Curtis Taylor made his goal, his attempt six more inches to the right, 
it would have been in and they would have tied it up. Just for the fact that you just missed by that much, it, it hurt around. But I think for when they play Western on Saturday, they really got to play a full game and not get behind and then try to dig themselves out of a hole. And that seems what they've been doing the last couple of weeks is just they put themselves in a hole and they try to come back. And it's just you really can't win a game like that. You, like, you've got to stay consistent for the entire game. And that's just unfortunately it, it kills them in the second quarter and it kills them in the start of the third quarter. And by the time it's the fourth, sometimes the deficit's a little too much. So Yeah, that's a lot crazy. of footy. You're right. I mean, at least that's my experience watching the game is if you fall behind, uh, you know, by – four more goals it is a tough climb back uh, especially as the uh, the clock winds down in the game and you get in the second half and you get to the third or fourth quarter it's easy for teams to really use the defense against you to keep you away from uh, the, the inside 50s and the turnovers is key uh, those who get those those turnovers into uh you know transitions into points uh for this game seem to be seem to be uh always the team that uh, that comes out on top, uh, and I, that's something I've noticed in the last uh, years of watching this. That transitional game is when you can uh, either you know steal a mark or uh, pick up a uh, a handball and then turn the field around and find a, an open person where they can really truly use spaces that is available. It's tough with 18 players on the field, but uh, there are spaces. Of course, when the the field is 300 yards long. Uh, you, I, I assume you can find some space. It's interesting, yeah, like you know, with the transition because you can easily turn it around where if you stop at the right time, you can make a transition and, and you know get the opposition on the back foot and they're, and they're not ready for the marks because what I saw from a lot of the North Melbourne games the last couple of weeks is they would try to go down the field, but then they would either fumble, they would like bobble the ball really quickly or they would or they would get too frantic and try to move the ball around, and it kind of never – didn't really work out for them. And then, you know, the other two were counterattack really well, and their guys would be wide open to catch marks inside the 50 or even somewhere close to that. And then, you know, to get the kick, the kick-ons and the handballs, and it's just – and then gives the guys way too much space, and, or they, you know, they give them a penalty at the wrong time. So it's it's something I've been noticing. They're just so they're just so frantic. And yesterday and the, uh, the game, they uh, – North Melbourne didn't have a lot of tackles, but – Hawthorne did, and that's kind of it's kind of fearing is the fact that Hawthorne was just able to stop the Ruse at almost any time, but the Ruse couldn't. I mean, even though the Ruse had the more, they had like double the disposals, but they weren't cashing in on the opportunities that Hawthorne was cash, cashing in on because Hawthorne seemed they were more in control of the ball and the possession. Where Melbourne, yeah, they got rid of the ball, but that's because you know they're running around with the with the chick with the head cut, head cut off. At certain points, it's like you can't really do that the entire game. And Hawthorne was just able to find guys wide open where with the ruse, they kept trying to go to Ben Brown. But Ben Brown is either on a one-on-one and he gets out-muscled or, you know, he misses the mark. He misses the mark completely and Hawthorne gets it back. So it's just, yeah, like you said, transitions is a, is a key thing. And for some reason, the last two weeks, it's for the most part of the game, transition never really worked out for North Melbourne. And, I mean, maybe it's – I don't know what it is. It's it's something that's really interesting to see how with all that space, you still have a lot of, like, stopped possessions. It's crazy that how big the field is on those guys. You can still find ways to move the ball around. Well, you know, Zach, there's a lot of footy left in the season, so uh, it should oh, be yeah. interesting Sorry. to make the, the finals, which is the playoffs, for those who don't understand. When they say finals, they're talking about the final eight. 
and the playoffs. And it's an interesting playoffs system. I don't know if you recognize that. You've seen how it's done not or yet. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I've seen – I know, like, the top four get an easier route to the actual, like, the grand final and stuff like that compared to the bottom. Like, I think it's, like, five through eight where they have a, a little bit different pattern to get there. Because I know in the top four, you have, like, double the chances and a bunch of other stuff. I think it's what – because I think uh, the U.S. The AFL, they the show power. the playoff format. Yeah, yeah, they show the playoff format, what it looked like. And it makes sense. Like, once you look at it, you're like, okay, so they went – Basically, you want to be in the top four because you get a little bit easier route, like easier in a sense. But, yeah, exactly. It's interesting is it's one through four play each other. So it's one and four, two and three. And the winners yeah. of those two games skip a round. They get a bye and they move on. The loser of those two rounds will play the winner of the the five, eight, and the, the six, seven matchups. And then they uh, switch them back and forth and they go through the, the entire uh, – playoff system and uh it is which, it's unique it which i think which i think is i think it's phenomenal actually because it, it, it rewards the better seeded teams like hey yeah you finished in the top four if you lose okay you lost but you're not automatically kicked out like teams who lose in the five to eight matchups because it's I, I i like how the fact that they reward the top four yeah to give that five in that round just even though they, even though they lost in the first game it's a unique playoff i actually kind of like it and um like you said, there's so many games because because I know usually it's a 26 week season, but with COVID it's like 17 weeks, so they did shorten it. But there's still so many games left. I mean, the Ruse got 13 games left. They're only, I mean, they're one spot out of the top eight. I'm not, I'm not really worried about. I'm not worried about North Melbourne. And they can turn it around. I mean, if they played like how they did the last 10 minutes of the Hawthorne game, I have no, I have no reason why to think they won't get back in the top eight as of this weekend against Western. And I know they got Adelaide and Richmond uh, in weeks six and seven too. So it's I mean, there's a good possibility that North Melbourne if they play right, and how they should have against like how they did against you know GSW and how they played in the last two minutes of Hawthorne. I don't see a reason why they possibly couldn't go three and zero or two and one in that in that span. I think they can. Do, I think they can go three and zero if they play right. So like you said, there's there's still a lot. There's still a lot of this thing left. I'm not There's sure a lot of footy it. left to be played. There's no question about it. Getting the top eight, that's all that matters. I'll say this in any sport. Get me into the tournament, and I'll take my chances. Right, exactly, because you, you can get hot at the right time. You can be that AC. If you get hot, you can make a run that, you know, it's going to shock a lot of people. So, you know, anything is possible. So, even though Port Adelaide is just absolutely just smacking people around, who knows? They could get cold at the wrong time, so – because I'm a because I'm a big Chicago Blackhawks fan for hockey. They won the President's Trophy in 2016. Got swept out of the playoffs. Right. So right. so that, that can happen to Port Adelaide. They can go in there as a number one seed, and they can just get stone cold. It's possible. So it yeah. Anything can happen in the playoffs. Anything can happen. It definitely can, as we know as sports fans, anything can happen and will happen. And especially if you're a Cleveland fan, you know oh. <laughs> the heartbreaks yeah. that we've had in our lifetimes. But uh, uh, yeah. let's not let's not you know make it this a downer note here because uh, <laughs> we've we've had fun talking footy. And uh, I tell you what, uh, we'll have to get back together when uh, Collingwood and uh, North Melbourne play because we can have some fun with the with the ruse and the pies, and maybe we'll even have a little Twitter war with that day between us. Hey, I would look forward to that. I think it should be good fun. I mean, I mean, we all know, you know, North is going to win that game because, you know, the Pies, you know, 
it's the pies. I'm not too worried about them. You know, North play well. You know, they're gonna they're gonna take that dub, and you know, it'll yeah, be a good Grundy day. and the boys will be ready. Grundy <laughs> and Coxie and the boys will be ready. Yeah, you know, as long as Essendon doesn't win, I'm okay with it. And it's <laughs> funny because <laughs> uh, everyone's like, it's funny because I have a lot of Aussie, a lot of my friends because I have a lot of people who I consider friends down in Australia. Like, man, you're just a hardcore North. You hate Essendon already. I'm like. Pretty much, yeah. You give me enough material to read on, and I, I'm a quick learner. So I've, I've picked up that, uh, like in the bomb, like you are okay with the bombers losing because I think after like five thousand seven hundred and seventy-eight days, days without yes. winning. Yes. So yes. yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all aboard the we do not like Essendon train. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay Essendon. With that. <laughs> yeah, Essendon, the bombers. Yeah, you never know. Uh, one of the uh, the famous teams of the how good footy. We should have some fun there. Hey, uh, like I said, rec- keep listening to How Good's Footy. I recommend and highly check out Gemma's uh, podcast with uh, the Play On Radio, Play On Radio Melb on Twitter. Uh, she's fantastic. And uh, continue to root for your ruse. We'll have some fun uh, this summer here in North America watching footy down, uh, down under in the winter. I mean, it might be the best sports that we're going to get here in North America, unfortunately, with everything going on. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to see how it's going to play out because I know baseball finally came back, but man, it's it's going to be tough because I'm a big Browns fan, but I'm more so Indians because that's just because I was four when the Browns left for Baltimore and they came back when I was eight in that span. The Indians just got really good, in, you know, 90, 95 and 97. Right. And you know, I've been more so Indians than anything else. So I'm glad that baseball's back, but still has a little bit of a sting of how how they all the whole process went so it, it, i think it really opened up for me to like footy a lot and it really has so i'm really excited to see how the rest of the season goes so they, i think it's gonna be great i i really hope more people jump onto footy because it's I've, it's it's another level it's another level and the roller coaster of emotions <laughs> oh you'll feel it you'll feel it oh, you don't absolutely. need coffee no, you don't no, need it, coffee when you watch footy <laughs> uh, absolutely not but uh it's more fun. <laughs> exactly, exactly. At three in the morning, and it's not a bad thing to have a little caffeine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, believe me. I was struggling a little bit yesterday, but you know, it was worth it. Even though they did lose, it was close. But you know what? I'm I'm okay with it. You know, I got the Hulu Live now. I, I you know, I got it just to watch footy. So, it's well, – That's good. I'm okay, I'm, I'm okay with 11.45, 1 o'clock, 4 o'clock. So, it all depends on how it works out because I know – I know Ruth play 5:40 East Coast on Saturday, so I'll be, I'll be up, I'll be up uh, rooting for my Ruth. You know, sorry, cho- ah, rocking for my Ruth. I can't say rooting because I know what that actually means. <laughs> I uh, don't don't want that. Don't want those issues. But I'll be rocking for you're, my Ruth. Showing your support is another way to say it. You're a yeah, supporter support, yes, of. Exactly. You know, so, yes. Yeah. yeah, I've learned for that myself. Who, yeah, for people who don't know, yeah, yeah, you can rocking or supporting, yeah. You don't want to use root. It's it's interesting how they use that down there, but yeah, I'll be I'll be up at five forty watching you know watching North Melbourne. Hopefully, give it to Western, even though they do have um oh what's that guy's name who's got like the really nice mullet that everyone's just talking about. Oh, I forget his oh Bailey Smith. So hopefully, hopefully Bailey Smith and his mullet stay out of the way and just let you know Jai Simkin and you know uh, you know Cam Zerhar and all those guys just run all over the all over the field and. Uh, see north take the win this weekend so well i hope north gets the win this weekend i'll be cheering on my pies who are they playing oh god now you're gonna make me look 
<laughs> I've been busy all day. Nah, I got my AFL app right here. There you go. I, 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 I've been a subscriber to AFL, uh, watch AFL, the international app, for the last uh, few years and uh, play on uh, Friday night. It will be okay. Collingwood and Essendon. Yeah, your favorite team. Um, oh. The Bombers oh. and the Pies at 5.50 a.m. on July 3rd. So, yeah. Ooh, there you go. There you go. I, will, well, I, uh, I, I, I actually I, will get up early and watch it before I go to work. There you go. Yeah, I know why. Yeah, with so you got them on Friday, and I got the ruse on Fourth uh, of July. So there, there's a kickoff. My Fourth of July. Hopefully, see some fireworks down under in here in the station. So, <laughs> but I, uh, I think I did tweet about I did tweet about the about the pies and bombers game. I'm hoping that they go for a draw because <laughs> that'd be fantastic. Sorry, <laughs> that's all right. I I have no problem with uh, you you bragging for your team. There's nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> Uh, but my pies will be fine. My pies, uh, yeah, they got a heartbreaker this past week. But we, we're, yeah, we're going to be okay. Yeah, we're going to be okay. Yeah, it was, you know, that's kind of like North Melbourne. Uh, the pies have had their run of uh, down quarters that have cost them in the last uh, couple seasons. And, uh, but I've also seen them run off like nine in a row at one point. So, uh, I feel good about the yeah. pies. I feel good about where we had I, I, Nathan Buckley uh, running the team and, so, uh, you know, we don't always have uh, maybe the most ethical front office in the world. I found that out as time has gone by. But, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, needless to say. And uh, kind of makes me wonder if I made a bad choice back uh, three years ago. But uh, I'll survive. And uh, still love the, uh, the Magpies because uh, Mason Cox, it's all that matters. And uh, we're going to continue on. Uh, yeah. My first year yeah, of. I got to watch them get to the grand finals and lose a heartbreaker to West Coast. And uh, hopefully uh, we'll get back there soon and taste that, uh, that sweet victory. Like I did yeah, this past week with my Liverpool red. Oh, uh, Liverpool? God. Oh, yes. I'm a, I'm a big Liverpool guy. Uh, uh, <laughs> These are my two international sports. My two international sports. My two international sports. Footy and and the EPL, and uh, I'm a Liverpool and a Magpie fan. There's no question about it. I, I, I must have a love for the blue and white, man, because Tottenham Hotspur, North Melbourne Ruse, yeah. and uh, Mel, and the Melbourne Victory in the <laughs> A-League down there. So, so some about that blue and white, man, I tell you. I don't know what it I, is, but – I mean, hey, you know, congrats to Liverpool, man. It's been 30 years. At least you, yeah. at least you guys won it finally. So, uh, I mean, it was – I did not. I did not like the the um, the UEFA final last year. That was not a handball. <laughs> was not a handball <laughs> on Sissoko. So I'm still I'm still bitter about that. But you know what? I'm not going to hold it against you. You know I'm okay with it. You're you're you know, Northeast Ohio guy. I'm cool with it. Yeah, you know it, I. It, it, I, I found you, Liverpool you because a friend one. of mine invited me out to a bar who was uh, watching the game at. And I says, yeah, I think I'll, I'll come down and check it out. So I walked in, and I, forgot, I didn't, had no idea who they were rooting for. And he's seen me, and, and he calls me over, and he goes, oh, yeah, hey, welcome, welcome. And he's, he's from Liverpool originally. Okay. And, uh, and I said, so who are we rooting for? And the guy next to him, he goes, basically says, the fellas in the red, shut up. I'll, I will get you up to speed here shortly. And from that <laughs> point on, I was a Liverpool fan. <laughs> hey, you know, there you go. Yeah, I was um 
actually, I actually go to well, I, before COVID, I actually was going to a bar down in the uh, Columbia, South Carolina, where I live now. Um, you know, it's it's a bar, it's a pub that's actually ran by guys from Liverpool. So oh, yeah. they have, oh yeah, so they have games. They're on not blues the then, right? What's that? It's definitely not a blue fan, right? They're definitely red. Thank goodness, no, yeah, no. yeah, all <laughs> Liverpool down there. But uh, but I'm actually part of a supporters group for uh, the South Carolina Spurs down there. So we uh, we all meet up usually and watch all the games. And we have we have our own room that we have for match days for the Spurs. Yeah, that's great. So, that's yeah, what we did do for the uh, Liverpool. Yep, so that's yeah, awesome. Yep, so got down there and watched Spurs play. And man, I was hope that one year we're left uh, Leicester City when Spurs were close, but Chelsea ruin it can't stand Chelsea but you know at least at least the other team from you know in north London who's really from south London the Gooners you know as long as it keeps stinking I guess I'm not too upset about it so <laughs> something about just teams I like I would love to see lose Essendon <laughs> and Arsenal I'm okay there you go I have no problem <laughs> as long with as they keep losing I'm fine <laughs> I have no problem with that there oh, you go you know hey uh, just remember to go pies uh congrats to your ruse I wish you the best with them and uh, we'll have to do this uh, later on in the, the summer slash winter of Australia. And uh, as we get closer to the, uh, the finals and, uh, and check in on you and your, your newfound fandom of the uh, North Melbourne uh, Ruse, I, I think is awesome. And uh, it's a great sport. I love it in and out. I've been, like I said, I have the AFL watch app for the last three years, the international thing. So I watch all the matches. And by the way, we do have a very good women's program with North Melbourne. So when the yeah. when the women's AFLW comes about, you're going to be a happy guy because that's a damn good team. That's what that's what I've heard. I know. Um, I know Jane. She's one of the people I talked to on Twitter. She's telling me about them really well, and uh, other people. So I actually mentioned to me about the uh, that the AFL online thing is really good. We also said too that there's there's this international root program through the team. Where I'm able to watch all the all the games through the actual North Melbourne team themselves. Right, right. You can buy all a membership their, type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I can watch all all their men's teams and their women's team play on on demand or live. So I'm definitely gonna be looking into getting that as well. But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to see what the women do when they when they come back. And yeah, footy is just great. I'm my fandom is once I'm once I dive into something, I dive into it hard, and it's it's something I'm really glad that I took it that I took a jump on to get into footy it's just been the last couple weeks have been a whirlwind but probably the best group of people i've talked to internationally thank you for inviting me on though and you know just talk about the sport that's you know that's really captured you know my attention and you know it's got it's got a special place in my heart now so i appreciate you for uh bringing me on and i'm looking forward to you know getting on here more and hopefully talk more footy as you know as i gotta have someone to talk footy this season i have to have someone to talk footy (laughs) with because my partner anthony he doesn't care and uh, he laughs at me when I says, all right, now it's time for my footy moment or my footy minute or my Liverpool minute, and I talk about that. But, <laughs> I mean, when it comes to the Indians, he's all ears. When it comes to the NFL, he's all ears. When it comes to the Penguins, right. meaning Youngstown State, uh, he can't get enough. Uh, I gotta, I'm trying to get him to become a Liverpool fan, but slowly, and I mean just maybe get a, a toe in the water saying maybe I'll right. pay attention I'm hoping to to uh, convince uh, him to come my way yeah, here and with these international sports <laughs> and enjoy himself because it's fan- right. phenomenal. Again, Zach, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on. Safe travels uh, throughout the uh, the states. Stay safe, 
and uh, I look forward to talking to you soon and uh, about your ruse. And uh, remember, it's always Pies Nation. Well, thank you for bringing me on, Sam. I'm really, you know, grateful that you brought me on, and uh, hopefully you have a good week too, man. And uh, you know what? Rue, Pie Nation? Nah. It's going to be Rue Nation here real quick. You keep bringing me on, sir. So it's going to change real fast. Trust me. <laughs> Sounds good, my friend. You have a great, safe night. We'll talk to you soon. All right. You too, man. Thanks, Zach, for taking time out of his night uh, to come on. A lot of fun mm-hmm. talking about his experience uh, with the uh, finding the game of footy and uh, becoming a North Melbourne uh, supporter. It was, it is an interesting story. So I hope you all enjoyed that. We're, we're going to have him back on. He, like I said, uh, downtown Browns uh, on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. He's part of that website and they cover the Cleveland Browns and he writes there and uh, he's a big Indian fan. So we'll have him, have him back on hopefully. Uh, during the baseball season, if it plays, and during the football season as we go forward. And in the end, this week was all about Liverpool and winning the Premier League title for the first time in 30 years. You'll never walk alone, Anthony. You'll never walk alone. Uh, Make mention that last June, I believe it was, June or July, inside Notre Dame Stadium. So uh, the luck of the Irish – and Touchdown Jesus were with them the whole year. And I'm going to take partial credit for the Lady on the Dome uh, as a small part of the uh, long-awaited championship uh, to all Liverpool supporters. Now, Viking Jim will tell you it was because he got the hug of a lifetime. Yes, and he might need to go get a hug every year now. <laughs> the fucking doppelganger st- comes strikes again. I'm still, call- I'm still calling him Champion Jim. I think I'm going to bring that up to him. I may see him you know tomorrow. What? They play tomorrow. I may see him tomorrow. I'm not sure if I'm going to have time off work or not. But uh, yeah, Champion Jim. Uh, that sounds pretty good. How many starters are playing tomorrow, Sam? Were they all? Uh- I have Are not they going to play the starters tomorrow? Or? I imagine they probably will play quite a bit of them. We'll see. I have not seen uh, what Just the plan is. Just to show their dominance? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a phenomenal season. They only had one loss all season long in the, in the league. So. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't well, matter. I mean, they just got to play out the next seven games, as far as I'm concerned. We, we achieved the one thing that had to happen with sports coming that, back. And – that is Liverpool finishing out the, the championship. So there's no asterisk. There's no taking it away. No. The Reds are the champions. And they are, without question, the greatest fucking team to watch right now. Well, I, uh, I hope and I pray that uh, four months from now, uh, we will have the biggest celebration and parade, socially distanced parade, all wearing masks, I might add, yes. um, that the state has ever seen. Because I'll say it now, and I know people are going to disagree with me, 60 games or not, and if they win the World Series, I'm still counting it, and the good Lord can take me then. You know what? It will count Period. as much as any other championship because all teams right. have the same opportunity. And I right. will say this, 
if the season plays, we're going to see, in my opinion, why I consider Terry Francona yes. the best manager in baseball and has been for the last 20 years. And going back, yeah, it could be really exciting. And uh, much as I want to opt out on the season. Come on, uh, Tim. I Not yet. Not yet. Tim. I have to wait and see what happens. I still want to watch Not the Indians. Yet. There Get you down, go. I want to watch the Indians. I'm just uh, pissed as hell at hey, how they set up the season. You you said last week, you and I both said last week that we were kind of eh on baseball coming back. I made mention earlier in the uh, podcast that slowly as the days went on, I'm starting to get a little more excited. I uh, drove out to South Bend on Saturday, and I had Tom Hamilton's calls on. I'm getting there. Uh, I- I'm getting there. Uh, my aunt and I are having Tuesday and Thursday watch parties where I am grilling hot dogs with, with Berkman's, only Berkman Stadium mustard. Yes, Chief Wahoo is on the bottles. And we have, as we are going to root our tribe on to hopefully what is a fun 60 game. Let's hope so. It's still, I'm hoping they play. And let's let's end it on a positive note with that thought in mind. So with Anthony in Canfield, I am Tim here in Bourbon, wishing you all a wonderful evening. Thank you for downloading Radio MVP. Catch us on our website, radiomvp.com. Anywhere you download podcasts, give us a rating and review. We much appreciate it. They'll help others find the podcast as we go. So once again, for Anthony, I am Tim. We'll talk to you soon.